Speaking of which, I want to clarify the prayer request I mentioned earlier that, um, regarding this evening. Uh, I'm going to be presenting a simple message of the gospel. I am well aware of this every time I talk. Maybe you don't know this, but I am well aware of this every time I speak. Um, whatever I do is useless and powerless without the Holy Spirit. Um, so pray. us now and at service at the Dream Center later. Appreciate it. We are uh, starting a, a series this uh, this morning, a uh, teaching series on the Holy Spirit. And um, we just want to Recognize that the life of following Jesus isn't it isn't something we can do on our own. It, it, we must have the Holy Spirit living and moving and working in us individually and collectively to be what God created us to be. We can be religious without the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of religious people in this world. Many of them are not following Jesus. There are parts of other religions. I mean, they're very religious people. Some of them put many of us to shame as far as their religious duties and activities are concerned. What sets and should set us apart is that the Spirit of God lives in the followers of Jesus. And if not, then we're no better off than anyone else. So for the next, the four weeks, Sundays of August, at least, that's what I know of. That's what I, so far, that I feel like we're, we're, we're going to focus on asking the Holy Spirit to breathe on us in a fresh way, just visit us and work in us in a fresh way. Um, I am well aware that that may terrify some of us. It may terrify us for, for one or two reasons. For some of us, it, it's scary because while well, we've heard people talk about the Holy Spirit in the past, and well, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference to 
So whenever somebody starts talking about the Holy Spirit, we're afraid nothing's going to happen. Um, that's one possibility. Uh, on the other hand, some of us have heard people talk about the Holy Spirit and weird things happened. And so we're worried about weird stuff happening. I, I have, our Dr. Chris Conrad, he hates to be called doctor, so I want, I, that, don't ever tell him I did that. Chris Conrad, our superintendent. It's a good thing he's on sabbatical. Uh, he'll probably never hear that, so. Uh, Chris Conrad, who is our, our, our regional superintendent, quotes somebody who, I can't remember, I just remember this quote. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. People do weird things, and then they blame the Holy Spirit. So for those of us who are afraid that the Holy Spirit's going to show up and do weird things, chill out. Weird people are all around us. You cannot avoid weird people. Thank you, Sue. You're probably right. You could be looking at a weird person right now. Whether you're online or on site, you could be looking at a weird person. Please don't glance at the person next to you. Just keep looking at me so they're comfortable. I'm used to it. <laughs> All right, so here we go. We're going to start today talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and how with Jesus, beginning of what some of the things that Jesus had to say about him, about the Spirit. Now we're going to be Jesus in John chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. Uh, there's a details of the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples on the last night on earth before his arrest and crucifixion. Uh, there are far more details in those chapters than there are in the other three records of his life. Matthew, Mark, and Luke do not give us near the details about this conversation that John does. And in this conversation, with Jesus has three themes, and they're woven together. They're kind of they, they're they're distinct, and yet they're connected. The first is love. Jesus talks about love uh, all through the these uh, chapters, chapters thirteen through sixteen. This conversation with his disciples on this last night. Um, he gives them examples of his actions, and he talks to them about it, and. Uh, he talks about how he loves his followers and how we're to love each other. He talks about how he loves the Father and the Father loves him. Uh, he talks about God's love for, for us. It's all kinds of talks about love in many ways. And, and the love, he defines this love. He's we're so used to thinking of love as warm feelings of affection that it, it, it's, it's almost like chicken soup for the soul. Those are I'm not those are not necessarily bad books. I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm not making fun of them or, or saying anything derogatory about those books. I'm just saying that when I say the word love, many of us just think, ah, 
students on a cold winter day. So it's completely warm and fuzzy. Jesus in, this in these chapters, in this conversation, defines love as going to the cross. It is not chicken soup. It's hard stuff. Okay, love, first theme. Second theme, keeping or obeying Jesus' commands, his teachings, what he said. And that's a theme that runs through these chapters. Keeping, the, 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 our English translations kind of bounce back and forth between those, those two words. Either keep my commandments or obey my commands. And then the third one is, Jesus is saying to them, I'm going away, but I'm not leaving you alone. Uh, because he promises that the Holy Spirit is coming, the advocate, the comforter, uh, but also that he and the Father are going to come to them. So even though it's, you're going to feel like I'm gone, I'm not leaving you alone. So we're going to uh, we're going to be looking at some verses in John chapter fourteen this morning. John chapter fourteen verses fifteen and following. I'm going to interrupt the reading frequently to share some comments to give some explanation. It's a little different from what I usually do or often do. Please don't. It's different. It's not weird. It's just different. Um, John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, you'll hear two of, the, two of those themes I just mentioned. If you love me, keep my commands. Two of the three themes I mentioned, right? Already, first, first verse we read. If you love me, keep my commands. So what commands is he talking about? Just a few verses before that, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. Still saying two things. As I have loved you, you must also, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love me, obey my commands. Which command? The new command I give you. Love one another. This is how everybody will know you're my disciples if you love one another. In John chapter 15, the next chapter, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. On, an, on another occasion, Jesus declared that the whole Bible, all the decrees and all the laws and all the principles of the Bible grow out of these two, these two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He says that's the first and the greatest and the second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. If you love me, keep my commands which are 
God with all you have and love your neighbor as yourself. So what does he mean? Keep my commandments. So I'm going to reword that. One of the things is the problem is if we say obey, some of us who are strong-willed children I don't know, I'm an adult, but I, my parents aren't here to tell you, but they would tell you if they were here. I am the definition of a strong-willed child. Uh, there's a book called, by Dr. James Dobson called The Strong-Willed Child. I read it, and I thought it was my autobiography. <laughs> I did. First, I'm reading the chapters. I, this guy knows me. Uh, so, uh, we, some of us just... A hair on the back of our neck stands up and we hear the word obey. Keep sounds a little different. Uh, so what does he mean by keep? Let me reword this. Uh, if you love me, pay close attention to what I say. Keep these words in your mind. Impress the teaching on your hearts. Guard it with vigilance. Give all your energy to applying it to your life. Be careful to put it into practice and treasure it above everything else. Keep one little four-letter word that means pay close attention, keep them in your mind, impress the teaching on your hearts, guard it with vigilance, give all of your energy to applying it to your life, be careful to put it into practice and treasure it above everything else. That goes a whole lot farther than obeying. That's how Jesus handled the commands and directions of his Father. Uh, and that's his direction, his instructions for us. Uh, and, <laughs> okay, that's both an encouragement and a conviction at the same time for me. I'll let you figure out what it is for you. See, it's really easy for me to take Jesus' teaching about loving others the way he does and take it as a hopeful or kind of an optional thing. Like, I would really like to be able to do that, but Jesus knows I'll never do it. And then he says to me, keep my commands, which means I need to have it at the level. I need to do this at all costs because my life depends on it. Oh. So it, it's not like hopeful and optional like Dessert. It's. I need to do it at all costs because my life depends on it, like breathing. To which Jesus says, Yup. Oh. To which I honestly reply again. But Lord, you know I can't do it. 
He says, I know. But I'm not done. This is only the first verse. Okay, thank you, Jesus. What I need us to understand is the sum total of what it means to love Jesus is that we pay very close attention and that loving like he loves, loving God like Jesus loves God, loving others like Jesus loves others and like he loves us, loving ourselves the way he loves us. Loving like that is a life and death issue for us. And it is not about blind submission to following rules. It's an all-consuming attention of our love because we love him. We want to, we're going to find a way to love like that. Still wanted to know how left to me it is not going to happen so he says if you love me keep my commandments verse 16 and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives, or because he lives, with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit already lived with them because the Spirit filled Jesus. And the Spirit was going to come and fill the disciples beginning on the day of Pentecost. Everybody who follows Jesus is going to be filled with, with, with the Spirit. One of the things we need to clarify is the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is not energy. The Holy Spirit is not, not a, like the image of God at work. When, when Jesus calls the Holy Spirit another counselor, another comforter, another advocate, he's saying he will be a counselor, a comforter, an advocate, exactly like me. The Holy Spirit is a person just as surely as Jesus is a person. The Father is going to send you a person to help you just as he sent me to help. Okay, wait a minute. I'm going to back up. Remember? If you love me, you keep my commandments. This is a life and death issue to learn to love people the way Jesus loves them. Left to myself, I will not be able to do it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not left to myself. He's sending somebody just like Jesus Just to make sure we don't miss it, in verse 18 he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Okay, 
how will Jesus come to us? He says, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me. And I am in you. You say, wait a minute, how's that work? Think about it. Keep reading. Whoever has my commands and keeps them, there we go again. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us, but not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So again, how? How will Jesus come to his followers? How will Jesus and the Father come to live with them, make their home with them? thinking as Jesus keeps going he says anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they also belong to the father who sent me all this I have spoken while still with you but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will, will remind you of everything I have said to you. So how will Jesus come? How will Jesus come to his followers? He will come because Jesus will send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter, the counselor to live in us. The Holy Spirit is not only a person. The Holy Spirit is God. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, God the Father and God the Son live in us. God is the Holy Spirit. He is one of the persons of the heavenly trinity. He is often called the Spirit of God. He's called the Spirit of the Lord. He's called the Spirit of Christ. But he is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he comes not simply as the Spirit of Jesus. He comes not simply as the Spirit of the Father. He comes as the Spirit who is the Spirit of love that bring, unites and brings this Father and the Son and the Spirit together. That's the community that they live in, and he brings us into that. Now, if that doesn't start stretching your brain, I need to say it again. We get to experience, we ought to at least, the love that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit share with each other for all eternity. That's why Jesus came. 
And as we experienced that, we then just kind of start to be able to share it with other people. It's kind of like an internal artesian well. It starts bubbling out of us. Jesus can fill us with the fullness of our Heavenly Father's infinite love by the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I tell you, he tells us in chapter 6, John chapter 16, he finally breaks it down for his disciples. I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I will send him. So that brings us to the sermon in a sentence. The spirit in you is better than Jesus beside you. Spirit in you is better than Jesus beside you. I'm not sure about that, Mark. Well, ask Mary and Martha while Lazarus is dying on the bed. And Jesus can't be beside them because he's two days' journey away. The Holy Spirit isn't in them. And they have to face their brother's sickness, illness, and death alone. The Spirit in you and me is better than Jesus beside us because. Jesus in one spot can't be with all of us. The spirit in us means Jesus is with all of us. One thing I've noticed about us as human beings and those, all of us who follow Jesus are human beings. Some of us like to think that we're you know, maybe a little special, but we're not. But when, when we need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit's love, the first thing that, first sign that we probably do is that we've been telling ourselves that we're okay. Everything's all right. Me and Jesus, we're okay. Then there are moments of honesty when we recognize that, well, I may be a little dry spiritually, but, you know, I, everybody's like that. Right? There are times when our prayers may feel distracted and dull, more a habit than, and, than a delight. And, I've discovered that a sense of spiritual dryness and discouragement may actually be invitations from the Holy Spirit to draw closer to Jesus. Maybe the opportunity, the desperation that comes from actually saying, I'm dry. 
that is a gift from the Holy Spirit himself. When we're disappointed with, with our just kind of wishy-washy words, our weak worship, our feeble uh, spiritual lives, it gets us going through the routine. We're probably primed to pray to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure where any of us may be, but I'm going to invite you if you'd like to pray for the Spirit's filling. It's not difficult to ask for a fresh uh, filling the Spirit to welcome Him. Just uh, feel free to repeat these words with me. They're not magic, so make, make them your own. Let's pray. Jesus, whatever it takes, fill me with the Father's measureless love by the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Whatever it takes, whatever I need to surrender, confess, change, admit, Jesus fill me with the Father's measureless love. This is the kind of thing that we should do frequently. We tend to be leaky vessels. The kind of thing that we get filled up in the Holy Spirit and it just you know, we read and we think, oh that's good, and then next thing you know we're kind of starting to run and feel need to be filled up again and again and again. And we need to just keep asking. Just when we think we've learned how to be loving, we run into somebody we're just really unlovable. That's a really good test. It's the nice people that are easy to Well, I should stop preaching. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit take care of us from now on. I want to thank uh, those of you who have joined us online. In particular, I invite you, if you've not already done so, to join uh, our Facebook group, Champions of Hope. Uh, the link to do that is in the description for our event. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, Help us to live this week to the full. 
for your glory. Help us to be true to you in every way. King Jesus, help, help us to give ourselves away to others, giving your love to everyone we meet. Holy Spirit, help us to love our brothers and sisters, the lost, and with our words and our actions, proclaim our great God and Savior, Jesus, to everyone. We are sent to love as Jesus loves us. So go in the power of God's Holy Spirit because that's the way it's done.